light from the street lamps filtered through the lowered shutters of his study, creating a play of lines that overlapped with those of his notepad almost perfectly. Crest could have lost himself in that strange cage of light without putting up any resistance. He loved it. He was reading, for the umpteenth time, the results of the tests carried out on Cassandra, and like a good writer, faced with the best sentence of his book, he was pleased with it. It was clear that the girl was super gifted. But where these strange powers came from was a completely different matter. And for Crest, that was the only fact worth working on. And just that afternoon, Crest had an epiphany. It had all happened. While looking at the report on Mr. Francis that Gareth had given him, and for which he had to carry out some additional tests. A temporal meaning had to be found in the death of the theatre director. Science had spoken clearly. Mr. Francis had been found dead a few months ago, while his body revealed a date of death approximately half a century earlier. What a science. What a challenge. Crest would have bent his head over his table until he found the solution. But the solution seemed not to be possible, not even for him. So, resigned, and quite pissed at himself, Crest decided to get back to work on the superhero Cassandra and leave Mr. Francis behind when a single, faint gust of wind from the half-open window had literally shuffled the cards, dropping the Francis case right onto the Tau neutrino data linked to Cassandra and Pat. Eureka! It all could have made sense by now, at least in his head. But how to prove it? How to understand the connections? And above all, How to explain it to others would have been his mission of the century. Without losing sight of the notepad, Crest called the girls who came running with the usual dazzling smile printed on their face. I think I have to change something about their synapses. He thought to himself, and then asked them to summon Gareth urgently 
Soon after, he picked up the phone. Amy darling, would you like to join me here at home? The woman who would never have accepted that darling from anyone else took a deep breath. What's happened? Nothing serious, I hope. She replied with all the sweetness she was capable of. Chris smiled. My girl, if I wasn't convinced that it might interest you, I wouldn't have distracted you from your work. But it's really all about your work. Crest laughed. He loved joking with Amy and trying to smooth out her workaholism with a bit of healthy irony. She didn't always like it, but in the end, she had learned to appreciate the downtimes of the days, those in which, and Crest knew it well, one manages to feel more up than ever. Gareth rang the doorbell exactly 20 minutes later. Crest had always admired his punctuality, which Cochrane exercised with an iron will, even though he lived in New York and not in some remote village in the countryside. We absolutely have to go to the theatre, the one where you found Mr. Francis. Gareth crossed the threshold. Can I come in, or do you want me to start the car again right away? Well, maybe the second one you said. Amy will meet us there, Crest replied putting on his coat. Gareth smiled and turned around. Once they arrived at the theatre, Gareth showed his badge to the usher and let Crest in, and shortly after, also Amy, who was very out of breath. Crest, as if in a trance, took out a small instrument from his pocket, similar to a mini-recorder, with which he began to touch every single object in the foyer. Amy and Gareth looked at each other without saying anything. Then Crest called their attention. The little object had started to light up and Crest at that point seemed on the verge of hysteria in the throes of euphoria he continued to brandish it on each seat until he reached the row where Francis had felt ill the first time 
In that perimeter of space, that little machine seemed to go crazy and Crest, in mystical ecstasy, began to say things that made no sense, at least to his friends. At that point, Gareth grabbed his arm vigorously. Okay now, stop. Breathe and tell us everything, he told him. And... In an understandable language, please, Amy added. Crest smiled and sat down. Let's put it this way. If this intuition of mine is valid, this is the place where the space-time fracture was created. Let's define it this way. From which Pat and Cassandra arrived, Gareth and Amy sat down too, both longing for a glass of neat bourbon. Sorry, but we already knew that they had arrived on the stage of this theatre, Amy reminded him, trying not to offend his sensitivity. Crest gave her one of his looks the self-aware genius ones. I didn't say they got here. I said that this is where the fracture was created. The fracture that made them fall here. Do you understand? The two seemed almost dazed. Crest sighed. Wake up. This is where It all began. It is not the destination, but the departure. Gareth stood up, if only to recover from the blow. So, if I understand correctly, we are in front of some kind of portal, he asked. Crest continued to smile. You've seen a lot of science fiction. Well done. That's what I'll have to find out. Amy walked over to him and kissed him on the cheek. I suppose we'll all meet in here in the next few days, she said resignedly. Gareth smiled and picked up the mobile phone, which had been ringing for a while. Cassandra, are you okay? I don't know. For half an hour, the stereo has been enchanted and only plays the real me by the who. Gareth snorted. Have you tried turning the stereo off? Cassandra smiled. My love, the stereo has always been off. 